Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. So good to see your smiling faces, to hear the chatter and the laughter as you uh, talk with one another this morning, as you greet them. And I know that that comes from a sincere place, that, uh, that you love the people that you're around. And uh, I tell you, we do. Nikki, I just want to say congratulations to you wherever you're seated. There you are, right over there. So proud of you for taking that step. This morning and going public with your faith, I love it. And as Pastor Dan said, if any of you want to take that next step, find us. Let us know. We'll do that any Sunday that you want to get water baptized. Well, we're glad that you're here in person and also joining us online today. We've been in a series called Retold. We've been looking at some of the familiar Bible stories that we would have heard as children, we would have read as adults, we would have taught to our kids, and kind of looking at some different details of these stories that maybe we didn't focus on when we taught them to our children. And uh, last week, Clint preached a powerful message. Clint, thanks so much for being obedient and for sharing what you did last week. And as always, if you missed any of these messages, I would encourage you to listen online at crosspointwaverly.com. Find us on Facebook or YouTube or listen on Spotify. Wow, that would have been a quite the new uh, blending of Spotify and YouTube, I think is what my mouth was about to do. But anyway, I'd encourage you to listen to those. A couple weeks ago, uh, Pastor Fisher, Pastor Levinsky, and I uh, took a, a break from the Retold series, and we shared about our faith journeys of what God has done in our lives and talked about music and talked about how we're launching a school of arts, Crosspoint School of Arts, and uh, that will launch the beginning of October. There are already over 70 people who have signed up in the last two weeks for music lessons and singing lessons. It's just clear that this is God's moment for this time and, uh, and, and just great for Pastor Fisher and for his leadership. And just want to say to some of you who are hesitating, don't hesitate. Uh, he said during the prayer time this morning, he's like, we might have to start a wait list for some of these students because, I mean, as it's just filling up. And so make sure that you sign up sooner than later. This morning, as we're in the Retold series, we're going to look at a familiar story of Daniel in the lion's den. And for those of you who've been raised in church, you'll be very familiar with this story. And you can turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 6, and we'll be reading some verses from there. Last week, as mentioned, Clint preached from Daniel chapter 3. And he talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you can read all about their story in Daniel chapter 3. They were thrown into a fiery furnace and miraculously saved by God. And some of you might think, what in the world was going on that believers were being thrown into fiery furnaces and lion's dens? Like, what in the world is that all about? And I'll just tell you that the times were wicked. The times were wicked. We often look back to the past as the, that's right, somebody said it. We often look back to the past as the good old days, right? We reflect on the, on, on the past with rose-colored lenses, and we view things inaccurately. We think that somehow in the past that things were much better than what they are today. And I think as we dive into Daniel chapter 6 this morning, as you recollect the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from Daniel chapter 3, you'll see that there were some days that are even more wicked than what we live in today. 
But yet I hope that at the end of this message today that you'll see and be inspired by some people who took a stand to serve God faithfully in days that were more wicked than what we live in. Daniel was written in a time that was far more wicked than what we live in. And I know that's, again, I just know it's hard for us to believe because we just think that today is like the worst day that the history of the world has ever seen, and it's just not. Uh, we talked about a, a few months ago, we were in an unearthed series, and we talked about how we've been made for the day, and the day has been made for us. We've been made for the day, and the day has been made for us. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were made for the day that they lived, and that day was made for them. For Daniel, he was made for the day that he lived in, and the day was made for him. And today, all of us have been made for this day and the day for us. So when we hear these stories of these men who stood boldly for their faith, it's inspiring. We look at the history, Daniel and some of his friends were taken into captivity, into Babylon, and a significant amount of time passes between Daniel chapter one and Daniel chapter six, which we'll look at today. And sometimes when we look at the Bible, we're not clear, like is this the next day or is this the next year? And so Daniel chapter one, there are five different incidences in these six chapters that really shape and serve as a foundation and formation of Daniel's faith. In chapter one, he's offered food from, uh, from the king that would go against his religious practices, and he had a conviction to not eat of those foods. And so rather than do the easy thing and do what was asked of him or commanded of him, he was able to uh, convince them for a different path. And as he and his friends ate food that didn't go against his convictions, God actually blessed them, and they, they became stronger than the others that were eating the other diet. In Daniel chapter 2, approximately seven years after this, not the next day, or the next month, but seven years later, uh, he interprets King Nebuchadnezzar's first dream. And then in Daniel chapter 4, approximately 28 years later, after the first dream, he interprets King Nebuchadnezzar's second dream. After this, there's approximately another 28 years to what we read about in Daniel chapter 5, where Daniel read the writing on Belshazzar's wall. Daniel would have been at least 80 when that happens in Daniel chapter 5. And now we're jumping into Daniel chapter 6 where we know the story. Daniel's going to be thrown into a lion's den. And so this man, two or three years passes, which means now he's 82 or 83 years old at the moment when we look at, at this passage. And I, and I don't know for you as you read the Bible what you think is happening in the background or what your initial thoughts are. But I'll just tell you that I've always thought that Daniel was a young man when he was thrown into the lion's den. Like, there's no, no reason for me to think that except for that was just the framework. But in studying for this message, realized that, that that's not the case. He was nearly 82 or 83 years old. At this point in his life, he's had decades of faithful service to God. And when he got to this point, after decades of history with God, rather than go the easy route, he decided to remain faithful to God. So let's pick up the story in Daniel chapter 6, verse number 1. I encourage you to read along in your Bibles, take notes. We're going to look at a number of verses today. I'd encourage you to write those down. And this week in your private devotion times, your personal time with God, uh, go back and reread some of these verses. But Daniel 6, 1, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them three high officials of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account so the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. 
And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. And then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. Brown nosers. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction. That whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for your word and for the power that it has to transform our lives. We ask that over the next few moments that we would sense a demonstration of your spirit's power. Would you open up our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, our minds to understand, and give us the courage this morning, we pray, to live it out. In Jesus' name, amen. At the beginning of this passage, we see that Daniel has been promoted to a very high position. In fact, the king wants to promote him to the number one position under him. And verse 3 records that Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps. And then there's this phrase that I absolutely love. It says, because an excellent spirit was in him. Because an excellent spirit was in him. What a statement. I think the greatest compliment that could ever be paid to a believer is that there was an excellent spirit in them. There are people that I've interacted with who are complete strangers to me. And I'm sure you've had the same situation. They're complete strangers. You don't know anything about their life. You don't know anything about them. But there's just something about them that tells you these people are followers of Jesus. There's an excellent spirit that's within them, right? A number of years ago, my wife used to love going to the Olive Garden. We've not been there for years, and I would hate to even see what the prices are after inflation compared to what they were like two decades ago. Because already two decades ago, when we were eating at the Olive Garden, and I was like, we just paid what? For noodles and some sauce, y'all? No- what? I'm sorry if I hurt any of your feelings. If Olive Garden is your favorite place, let me know. I'll take you there someday and endure it. And so one day we were in there, and when they bring you the bill, they know how expensive it is, right? Like, they're embarrassed to bring it to you. They're like, our bill is going to be so high that the only thing that we can think of to help soften the blow is to bring you an Andy's Mint. (laughs) And so the Andy's Mint didn't make it all better on the first round, right? And so what I would do is Eric and I would eat the Andy's Mint. I would grab her wrapper because she was so above this and I wasn't. And I would grab my wrapper and I would hide it in my pocket. And when the server would come back to collect the bill, I'd say, what, y'all don't give out Andy's Mints anymore? (laughs) 
So one day, this lady, after this interaction, comes up and puts an entire mound of Andy's mints on the table. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that made it better. Uh, <laughs> and in doing so, I said, thank you. And she made some statements too long ago to remember exactly what she said. But she said something to the effect of me being a man of God. And I said to her, well, would you go as far as to say I'm a pastor? And she said, no, I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Invited her to come to church. We were uh, wrapping up our time on staff at a church before we were going to India. And each time that we would go in there, we would see her, invite her to come to church, and, and she never came. And one Sunday morning, I received a text message while we were in India that this lady who I invited some time ago, who had had this interaction with, she wasn't even a follower of Jesus when that interaction happened, had showed up to the church. This lady texts me and she says, hey, do you remember this lady who works at the Olive Garden? And I was like, yeah. And she said, this morning, she came to church and gave her heart to the Lord. Y'all, we just never know. And as followers of Jesus, we're called to carry that excellent spirit within us. Daniel had this excellent spirit, and I think one of the reasons why he had this excellent spirit is because of the amount of time that he spent with the Creator. Daniel chapter 6 tells us that faithfully, three times a day, he spent time in prayer. This was his custom. This man spent time with God. I I think the other reason why it was said that he had an excellent spirit was because he did work well. He did work well. And you say, well, how do you know that he did work well? Well, because he received the promotions that he received, right? And so let's look back at the setting of this. Daniel is in a godless culture, and yet he's promoted to be one of the top officials in the land. So this tells me that Daniel wasn't a slacker. If he was a slacker, he'd have never uh, received that promotion. And so uh, So people would have seen this excellent spirit in him in their interactions with him. They would have seen the excellent spirit in him in his work ethic. And can I just encourage all of us as followers of Jesus to have a strong work ethic that whatever we do, whatever God has gifted us with, whatever talents that we would have, that we would use those for the glory of God. And so rather rather we, if we sweep streets, if we clean toilets, if we work in cells, if we whatever we do, Would we do it as an act of worship unto God, right? And so Daniel didn't make excuses. He didn't, he he just worked hard and God promoted him. So people would have seen this excellent spirit in him in his interactions, in his work ethic. And uh, and then finally, I think the reason why it was said that Daniel had an excellent spirit was because of his loyalty to God. His loyalty to God. His loyalty wasn't to his ancestry. It wasn't to his nation. It was, his loyalty wasn't to power, his loyalty wasn't to the, the possible position that he would be getting. His loyalty was to God. And he could have played the what-if scenarios and the what-if games, but he didn't care what the consequence was. He was going to be loyal to God. If it's going to be said that we have an excellent spirit, we also have to have that same loyalty to God. When we stand by our convictions, it might cost us a sale, It might cost us a raise, a promotion. It might cost us a possession. But for those with an excellent spirit, the cost will be worth it. I love what this passage and the next verse says about Daniel. In in chapter 4, it says, Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. 
but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Can I just challenge us this morning to live in such a way that our enemies and those who hate us can't find anything wrong with us except for the fact that we love and serve Jesus? Like, can you imagine? They, they could find no complaint or any fault because he was faithful. Can you imagine if your enemies tried to catch you in something? And so in a moment when you think nobody else is around, nobody else is watching, nobody will ever know what you're doing, and then they find you in that moment, and in that moment, rather than doing something else, you're worshiping God, you're praying, you're reading your Bible, may we be caught with our spiritual disciplines. And so without reading the scheme again, the scheme was uh, that anybody who would pray to the king would be thrown into the lion's den. And so they came up with a scheme because they knew that Daniel, they could find no fault in him with the nation. The only thing that they could find fault in is if they gave a commandment that would go against his relationship with God. And so they knew Daniel would not be able to, to follow this command or this edict. So they follow him to his house where the Bible says that right in front of the windows like he boldly just went back to the place and did what he had done before and he prayed. And when the decree was signed, verse number 10 tells us he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Yeah, I don't know what your custom is, but when you're going through one of the greatest trials of your life, is your immediate reaction to begin to thank God. Daniel's just been told that he's gonna die because an edict has been presented that he can't follow through on and he knows that he's gonna be thrown into a, a, a den of lions. And the Bible tells us that he goes back and does what he's always done and gives thanks to God. May we be people like that. A law or decree didn't change who Daniel was. He was a God follower. And he just went back to the spiritual practices that had gotten him through the first 83 years of his life. Then the men who convinced the king to issue this decree saw him praying. And they caught him during his regular spiritual discipline and they went back and told the king. And the king was in turmoil because he liked Daniel, but his hands were tied. In verse number 15 it says, Then the king commanded and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might change concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Daniel's thrown into the lion's den. Now, I'm a fan of the Discovery Channel and so I like watching nature shows. I like watching nature shows. So nature would include shows about lions. And some of you have maybe gone to the circus and you've seen lions in the circus. And I'm just going to tell you, I don't care how tame you tell me that your pet lion is, I don't have any desire to get close to find out. Right? No desire whatsoever. I'll just take your word for it. This week, my wife and I and our kids went and watched the movie Beast. It's not based off of a true story, and you discover that quickly in the movie because of how unbelievable the story is. 
right? And so this family goes on this, to this game, uh, I mean, not on this, anyway, they go on a safari, and there's one of these game wardens has raised these lions since they were cubs. And so he gets out of the safari vehicle, and he walks up to these two gigantic male lions, and they come down and give him a hug. And I'm just like, you know, good for him. Uh, I'd have stayed in the car and uh, made sure I was in the driver's seat in case things uh, went bad. And so at that moment, I won't spoil it for you, but I'll tell you that, uh, that everything was okay. That since he had raised them, since they were cubs, they were good to hug him and play with him for a moment. And then I'll just tell you that there were also scenes in that movie that were not so G-rated. Like it's a movie about lions who eat people. I think my wife was just trying to help me prepare for this message today. You know, to see these ferocious lions. I can't tell you how many times I jumped in the movie theater when I was, you know, it just, it was terrifying. And so I do think that it gives a, a great picture of what Daniel would have experienced. Like when we read this passage, Daniel was not thrown into a den of cute little puppy dogs. He was thrown into a den of ferocious lions. The king couldn't sleep all night because of the anguish of knowing what was about to happen to Daniel. And, and I just want to throw this out there to you. Many of you know how the story of Daniel in the lion's den ends. If you don't, let me give you a spoiler alert. The next morning, he's okay. There's a happy ending for Daniel. Daniel did all the things right. I need you to hear this this morning. He did all the things right. He had an excellent spirit in him. He loved and served God faithfully for over 80-something years before he was thrown into the lion's den. And the king says to him, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you. Daniel worked hard. He received the promotions at work. He was loyal to God. Do you hear all of this? But all of that didn't keep him from getting persecuted at work. All of that didn't keep his enemies from coming after him. All of that didn't keep him from getting thrown into the lion's den. He did all of the things right, and he still faced the biggest trial of his life. In this story, Daniel was spared. Last week's sermon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were uh, thrown into a fiery furnace, and their lives were spared. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll read these two passages of Scripture, and we'll come to the wrong conclusion. And the conclusion that we'll draw is if we do everything right, if there's a good spirit in us, if we love God and serve God faithfully, then no matter what trial we face, God will deliver us from that. And I'll just tell you, if that's the conclusion that we get from this story, it's the wrong conclusion. God doesn't promise us all happy endings to the, our stories on earth. In fact, many people who were faithful to God in the Bible, their stories ended in tragedy. And they had an excellent spirit in them. And unfortunately for some of us in the room, our stories will also end in tragedy. But what the word does promise is that at the end of, their, at the end of this life, there is something so much greater. At the end of this life, there is something so much greater. Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of fame of faith. And in verse number 35, it reads, Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned and they were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. 
They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in the deserts and mountains and in dens in the caves of the earth. These are people who had an excellent spirit in them, yet this was their fate. And we can do all the right things. We can stay loyal to God and still face suffering. And some of you are like, that just really doesn't sit well with my theology. And I'll just tell you that that I think the greatest example that we can look to of somebody who did all the right things, who had an excellent spirit within him, was Jesus. And we can look at what he endured. Philippians chapter 2, 5 says, Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equal, equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed him on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." We aren't promised that everything is going to go well for us all the time in this earth. And I'll just tell you that I still believe that obedience brings blessing. It doesn't mean that we won't face trials. But I believe that obedience brings blessings. That if we'll do things God's way, that it'll keep us from a tremendous amount of pain and consequences from sin. When we read these passages in Daniel, rather than the takeaway being God will rescue us from everything, a better application would be God helps some people who lived in a time far more wicked than the days we live in, stay faithful to him. That God helps some people who lived in a time far more wicked than the days we live in, stay faithful to him. And it's always for his glory, not our comfort. I love that Pastor Madison this morning uh, led us through that moment where we prayed for students and teachers going back to school. She talked about all the fills. We're experiencing them. You know, our two babies, one of them starts at UNI this fall, and the next one is a senior at WSR this year. I mean, like, where did all the time go? And so for parents with young kids, I'll tell you, like, this season does pass. They do grow up. And so uh, time is, it, it just flies by. And so anyway, we're in that season where our daughter starts her senior year, Jacob starts his uh, freshman year of college, and it's a, it's a whole new season for us. And maybe there are some of you who either in your schools or at your workplace, you're like, it's so, it's so hard, it's so dark, how in the world can I stay faithful and committed to God with all of this all around me? And so again, I think we look at the story that Clint preached about last week with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we look at the story of Daniel and not, and not draw the conclusion that God's going to deliver us from it, but instead look at the lives of these men and go, they lived in a day far more wicked than what we live, and yet their faithfulness to God remained intact. And so I just want to say to you, students and adults in this room, like those days were worse than what we live in. And if they could do it, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us. You can remain faithful to him as well. There's this line in Daniel chapter 3, verse number 16. The Message Bible says it like this. He says, this is right before they're about to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, your threat means nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from your roaring furnace and anything else you might cook up, O king. 
But even if he doesn't, it wouldn't make a bit of difference, O king. We still wouldn't serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. This is the type of excellent spirit that Daniel had within him. My God is able. My God is able. My God is able. Right? There's this declaration of faith from Daniel. My God is able. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He is able to deliver me. But then there's that line that follows it. Even if he doesn't. And I just want to tell you this morning that my God is able is a faith declaration. And the phrase, even if he doesn't, is a faith declaration. It's a declaration that says, God, I don't view you as a genie. I don't view you as a vending machine. All that you've already given to me is more than what I deserve. You rescued me out of darkness and brought me into light. And God, if you never meet another prayer that I pray, you've done enough. I'm going to remain faithful to you. This is the excellent spirit that Daniel had. May we be people who know that our God is able, but even if he doesn't, we serve him faithfully. So when we face a health diagnosis, my God is able to bring healing to my body and we pray and we believe for it. But even if he doesn't, I'm gonna be faithful. My God is able to help my kid make good friends at school, but even if he doesn't, my God's able to save all of my lost family members, but even if he doesn't, my God's able to help me get this house or get this promotion or get into the college that I want, but even if he doesn't, I'm gonna be faithful. We need to be my God is able people, and we need to be even if he doesn't, I'm gonna remain faithful people. Daniel was willing to lay down his life to be obedient to God, and at the end of the story, his life is spared. His reaction to the persecution and adversity that he faced resulted in the king penning these words. And I'm just going to tell you, you're going to face persecution, you're going to face adversity, and people are watching how you react. And the king reacted this way. He wrote to all the peoples, nations, and language that dwell on the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. And listen to what this man who was a godless king leading a godless nation said about our God. He said, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. This godless king is now declaring this about God. 20, verse 28, so this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Look, if we're going to have an excellent spirit within us, it first starts by having a relationship with God. I'm going to ask that you would bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. 
Maybe there are some of you who've come in today or you're watching online and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior. You say, today I want to become a follower of him. I want to have that excellent spirit living within me. Maybe there are others of you who at one time walked with God, but you've turned your back on him. And you say, today I need to see my relationship restored back to him. In just a moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, when I count to three, why don't you slip up your hands all across this room? One, two, three. Lift them up all across this room. One, two, three. Are there others this morning? You can put your hands down. Four, are there others this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand. There were at least four hands that went up this morning of people who need to ask Jesus to come into their life for the very first time or who need to see their relationship restored back to him. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you raise your hand, I want you to repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you. But know that you won't be praying this prayer alone, but each of us in support of you will also be praying. Let's pray. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. And help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate what God has done this morning. Thank you, God. If you raise your hand, we'd encourage you to text the word yes to 319-250-8998. Again, text us the word yes to 319-250-8998. We just want to follow up with you on the decision that you made today and encourage you on the journey that God's going to take you on. At the end of each of our services, we leave time for people to come uh, forward for prayer, those who have need of anything. And so in just a moment, I'm going to lead us in prayer. The worship team's going to lead us in another song. And if you come today and you're like, I just want somebody to pray for me. Like, I, I, I know that God is able. And God's able to intervene in my situation. And today, I'm going to speak that boldly. God is able. And so I would encourage you, after I pray, to step out of your seat and come forward and let somebody pray a prayer of faith with you, knowing that God is able to do that this morning. Let me pray. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the stories that we looked at last week and this week of your faithfulness. These people were faithful to you. You delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you delivered Daniel out of the mouths of lions. God, this morning, there are some people who are facing some situations, some adversity in their life, and they're wondering, is it worth it to keep going? Lord, I pray this morning that their faith would be renewed and that there would be a new resolve in their spirits that even if you don't rescue them out of the adversity, they're still going to remain faithful to you. And so God, this morning we declare that you are a God who is able. And so in faith, we pray that you would meet each and every single need that people have in this room. But God, also we commit to have an excellent spirit with inside of us. We commit to spend time in spiritual disciplines of praying and worshiping and reading our Bibles. God, we commit to working hard at whatever we do. God, we commit to remain loyal to you no matter what comes. 
And so, God, for those that have given up on you because you didn't intervene when they thought you should, God, I pray that this morning that they would come back. Lord, that they would return back to a relationship with you. God, give us the faith and the courage to live out this message that you are able. And even if you don't, God, whatever in these dark days, we're still going to serve you faithfully. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.